like kick a float why you teasing tell us about religion physics and why you heathen value seeking waiting to plug the data in trying to scale it downwards making sure the equation fits toy soldiers in a school taking hoshes and boils over into more fools making profit snakes in office i mean in the pejorative sense we only aim to influence change while you're on the fence lines imported by the foreman like it's morning lying dormant while they got you thinking i'm important rhyming norsons as a ragnarok astronaut with a massive axis bigger than your Past the spot. Call me Astaroth. When I grab the mic and crash the block, free obligatory passive shots. Checking inventory after loss. So reimburse me or I'm taxing y'all. Your story doesn't capture all, only a cross section. While you gave up on chess and constantly lost checkers, I was stuck in the barracks, learning to chop records. Just barely beginning to explore the God Spectre. I'm often on the start lecture in the hearth sector, or in my lab charting star vectors, charging ultra combo art specials. Free to exceed the large threshold, inducing a far echo. Norching bowls with the gang telling stories of the slain. Portal entry close to the same. Orange tang tastes like cork glue on. On a delicate ship than the one that wore flew on. A poor child from the ore cloud who spends his time pursuing mastery of sword style. Forget the minutia. We often take for granted that we live in the future where most of our lives are exquisite. A relic of the 90s. No, it isn't Captain Cisco. You can call me Smiley, the rogue edition. Holy wisdom exposed as a lonely prison. They told me, listen, you going on a solo mission. And your whole team is drafted. If your cover is blown, no strings attached. So bear down or be just another painted face clown running bare ass through the fairgrounds. It's their sound. If this is type three, then I'm letting my hair down. Prepare to drown. If it's cyclical time, let us begin again. The only square globally recognized since Tiananmen. Never mind the repugnance. They hate that we exist and we love in the five one up. Every mind, heavy substance embedded in the style we've been trusting. Apostasy Now. Uh, yeah, today we're speaking with uh, Graydon Square. Yeah, it was a good talk. Graydon actually took time out of uh, recording a song to talk to us, so big thanks. Yeah, he, uh, he was an interesting guest. We talked about a number of things, including uh, gaming, specifically Star Citizen. Uh, we talked about rape apology, specifically my wife. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we, we had a great time. It was a great interview. I hope you enjoy. And don't miss Graydon's brand new album, Omniverse Type 3. Your heart is free. Have the courage to follow it. Because I'm very much a skeptic. More, I'm, I'm more of a skeptic than I am an atheist. I mean, atheist is a conclusion based on my skepticism. You'll have to come like a little child to the foot of the cross. That attitude is what is responsible for the rise of atheism. That's not what Islam is all about. Islam is peace. What is the penalty for leaving the Muslim faith? With a death penalty. Thank you. This is apostasy now. For people to get the information correct before they start yap, yap, yapping. Get ready to root for the bad guys. 
I'm always into music, man. It's just one of the things that, you know, will always get my attention. It's actually kind of hard to get my attention when I'm working on music. <laughs> well, it's probably the way it should always be if you really love what you're doing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, I'm not the type of person that would spend any time doing something I don't like doing. Those days are over. Yeah, I'm a little bit jealous of you when I hear you talk about your focus. Why? Why? What do you mean? I've made some decisions in life that ended up uh, at this stage of my life anyways, for the foreseeable future. Uh, I've got a lot of interference. Oh, uh, I see. I see. Well, I will say this. It's never too late. And, um, you know, my personal opinion is um, you may have anchors, but you can always set sail. Yeah, good analogy. I like it. Well, I haven't given up, if that's what you need. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> One day, like Blue Hayes, I'll be flying around doing whatever I want. <laughs> right, right. Are you gonna Are you gonna join our Star Citizen uh, Federation? I didn't even hear about it. I didn't know about it. Oh yeah. Well, you've heard of the game Star Citizen, right? I've heard of it. I haven't played it. Okay. So first, I have to ask you this question: Do you want to hear me talk for about ten minutes straight? Because this is one of those things where once you open up the floodgates, I'll be talking about this. <laughs> so you might want to prepare either on the show or I don't know how you want to do that because. Um, well, just to let you know, um, we can start whenever you want, but I have the recorder going already. Oh, awesome. That way, yeah, that way I don't lose anything. But yeah, if you want to talk about it, a lot of my fans are gamers, so I'm sure they'll, uh, enjoy hearing you talk about it. <laughs> That's fantastic. Hey, fans. <laughs> How you guys doing? You guys sound awesome. I appreciate you joining us. This is going to be an awesome experience for you. Let's go. <laughs> so, Star Citizen is one of those games that... To call it a game would be a gross understatement. I personally like to call it a first-person universe, as it's been coined by the creator, Chris Roberts. Um, basically, to describe the game in a nutshell, it's supposed to be a space sim with the elements of first-person shooter, exploration, dogfighting, zero-G, and you know all of these other different things uh, seamlessly transitioning from one to another. So you could be wow. yeah, in a ship... And EVA, uh, you know, into space, out of your ship, uh, into somebody else's ship. Or you could EVA out into space um, and go repair, like, you know, part of a comm array or something like that. You could be on a multi-crew ship, you know, where, you know, all of your different friends are on different positions, like engineering and tactical and, uh, you know, helm and all that type of stuff and live out your Star Trek dreams. So, nice. yeah, man, we, uh, we're we doing this, uh, we're building this federation um, where, uh, you know, all of our friends who are into sci-fi are all jumping on this game and uh, we all have different ships some of us have um large uh multi-crew ships others have small dog fighters you know more similar to the x-wing tie fighter sort of yeah variety um but but the thing about the game that makes it special is the sandbox nature yeah of the universe that they're creating essentially you'll be able to you know um let's say if you were to just you know, you're, you you come out on a space station and you, you lift off, off the pad and you choose a vector, you know, you rotate your ship to a vector that's, you know, straight up instead of going out or anything like that. And you take off from there. You could go in that direction forever and discover whatever is in that direction. And because it's it has procedurally generated planets and all that type of stuff. Awesome. Yeah, it makes for the exploration aspect to be um, pretty deep and detailed when you get right down to it. I know I probably sound like a mouthpiece for for for, Space, <laughs> for RSI right now, but really this is basically what it is. I mean, it's just like the game is is such a an undertaking, such a, a magnificent idea, and and the fact that someone would even try to do this 
um, to me, it got me on board. And the fact that I've seen them, you know, execute most of what they've tried to do and what, what they've promised in this game is. Yeah. It's, it's That's a big thing, right? Promising something and then delivering. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they've been under some scrutiny, but I, I feel like they've delivered on all of the major, major promises that they, they, they've promised, such as multi-cruise ships, you know, uh, seamless transitions from, you know, your ship to EVA to space, you know, turret gunning and the mission system, like all that stuff they delivered on, you know, I, the, the dates and stuff like that where people are worried about, oh, well, they said this would come out in March and now it's September. It's like that. It's a gaming company. <laughs> <laughs> and, and not only that, though, but they're crowdfunded. So who's really going to get in trouble? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, who's really going to get in trouble if they miss a date? Yeah, they'll get some backlash, but shit, they work for themselves. You yeah. gave them that money to help fund the game. You didn't buy anything. So, so what kind of a ship have you gone with yourself? Oh, you dare ask me that question. You're going to get another 30 <laughs> minutes of me talking about Star Citizen. So I got a uh, Aegis Aerodynamics Carrick. It's a um, six crew minimum, I think, to run at, a, at peak efficiency. It It is 160 meters. It's it's a massive beast, but it's a, it's, it's a long range exploration ship. So uh, essentially, while it's 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 big, it's more designed for long term being out there in the deep black, knowing that you're not really going to see either a jump point or, you know, you're not going to be back in UEE space anytime soon. Um, I want to use that shit for discovery in the game, but we also have a fleet. So we have, you know, a couple of we have a retaliator bomber. We have a redeemer in case we need to board a ship or, you know, test yeah. down or something like that on somebody. Um, we have a couple of. um I think we traded in our all of our like 325s, our 300 variants, and we got like um, vanguards. We got a vanguard now. We got a uh, I'm trying to remember what some of the other ships are, but my the flagship, the the one that I command is uh, is the Carrick, and it's 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 a beast. Dog. It's got a scout ship. It's got four turrets, two un two unmanned turrets, two manned turrets. It's got a rover bay with a rover. It's got a scout ship. It, it, that thing is crazy. Long long term telemetry, you know, antennas and stuff. It's nuts. Man, that sounds fun. Uh, here's here's the question for me though: Is how much does it cost to start playing this? Honestly, it that's a weird question to answer, and I know that people are like, "Why is that a weird question to answer?" You just ask how much it costs to to, to play. <laughs> <laughs> well, <clears throat> excuse me. The reason why that's a weird question to answer is because you can buy access into the game right now if you bought a ship. If you if you pledged for a ship, you have the ability to play the alpha version of the game, the one point one three version. I think two is getting ready to go live in the next day or so. So, oh, nice. yeah. So if you let's say you bought a ship that was thirty five dollars, right, which is, I think, the cheapest game package that there is, um, then you can essentially fly that ship um, in the game, in the in their test universe until the persistent universe goes live. Now, the reason why that's cool is because, A, they get to work out the bugs. B, when you die in the in the test universe, it doesn't mean anything. When you die in the, the real universe, in the persistent universe, it means something. Yeah, you only have so so many deaths that you uh, you have before you know you basically have to transition to your beneficiary. I think it is the way it's described, the game mechanic. So let you know, my co-host just showed up. All right. Yeah, what's going on here? You needed the mic, so you probably couldn't hear what we were doing. <laughs> oh, no worries. Yeah. He's telling just, me about Star I just Citizen. Something was. I just figured something was going on, and I just kept talking because I figured. <laughs> yeah. uh, give me one second. I'm going to change the mic setting here. It's because I'm loud and clumsy when I walk into a room. Not no worries. <laughs> I'm loud and clumsy in life. All right. Can you hear him as well? Say something. Hey. Test, test, tickle. Yeah, test is uh, good. All right. Perfect. Uh, this is uh, 
It's Smashlock. It doesn't and, matter what your name is. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding, man. How, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? Pretty good. I'm doing very well. Nice. <laughs> Star Citizen. So, uh, yeah, I've heard a bit about that. It is It is a sci-fi gamer's wet dream. Is it? On a taco. Nice. <laughs> I am... I am eagerly awaiting um, No Man's Sky. That's another one that looks pretty pretty wicked, but uh, Star Citizen's graphically more appealing. And we would be remiss if we didn't mention Elite Dangerous, uh, which is another uh, one in that uh, genre. But what it really boils down to is the space sim genre has been revitalized. If you're into that type of, you know, you said a lot of your, your listeners are into gaming. You know, if you're into to space sims, if, if you're into that style of gaming, there's a lot of games that are going to be for you to choose from. Games of every style. You know, there's uh, E Valkyrie going to be coming out for the Oculus VR. There's, um, you know, I think there's a, a, another game that I saw made from the Unreal Engine that is uh, kind of like Star Citizen a little bit. It doesn't have a lot of the, the different things from what I understand, but it's it's got some space combat, some seamless transitions to planet side and stuff like that. So there's going to be a lot of stuff for that that particular uh, fan base if you're interested. Yeah, um, the the one game that I'm, like I said, that I'm looking forward to um, is No Man's Sky. But uh, I've been watching a ton of those videos on, on Star Citizen, and that game just looks like... Well, he's he's telling me that some of the... There's a common group that we know that oh, they've, really? they've got a federation they've started there. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you missed him talking about his sweet ship. Oh, shit. Oh, I'll talk about <laughs> it again now. I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah, dude. I have no problem talking about that It's our that show. Shit. You can talk about whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate it, brothers. I appreciate it. So, you know, I know a lot of people name their ships, and they're always, like, either female names or, like, ab- adamant, inanimate object names. Yep. But, um, you know, after naming our federation, we went with uh, an offshoot of the Grand Unified name. We call it the Unified Federation of Astral Entities. And so it's the UFAE. And basically after that, what I did was I decided, well, well what am I going to call my ship now that I have it? You know, it's this multi-crew ship where you can um, you can have there's there's six main stations and I think nine or ten actual stations that can be operated at any given time on the ship. And so you have tactical, you have engineering, you have helm, you have navigations, you have the captain's console, um, you have the upper and lower turrets, you have the scout ship, you have the rover. Um, you know, there's so many different roles and aspects of the ship that, you know, you have to be cognizant of and you have to be considerate of. And so what what I did was I called the ship the Carl Sagan in honor of my favorite person of all time, um, Carl Sagan. So, and basically our naming convention was to name our ships after all time famous scientists. So then our next ship, the, uh, the Retaliator Bomber, we named after Christopher Hitchens, so that's the Hitchens. Nice. And then, <laughs> yeah. Then we have the Redeemer, known as the uh, the Neil Tyson, and, and so on and so forth. So. Well, you know that <laughs> if you have a diplomatic mission, you should send the Tyson. But if you're looking to start a fight, you want to send the Hitchens. Yeah. No, the Hitchens is a bomber. The Hitchens is the heavy. The Hitchens is our right hand. I mean, we we've, we've got the power. In the Hitchens. <laughs> You've just been hitch slapped. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But trust me, that one has the full armament of torpedoes, missiles. Uh, ballistics, lasers. It's got like six turrets on it, six man turrets on it. I think it's nuts. It's uh, the armor on it is reinforced. You know, you can prepare for ramming speed. Is it a Corvette? 
Yeah, is that is that the class of ship? I'm trying to remember no, from all the no. videos. This is a much smaller. The Corvette class, from what I understand, is in, in in reference to like Eve, right? Like it's a much larger, larger, smaller ships fit into it, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, this isn't that that big. One okay. smaller ship can fit inside this ship. In fact, it doesn't even fit inside it. It fits on the top. It just oh, okay. Okay. stores on the top, so you actually get into the ship from under it, and then you just take off, and then dock. It just redocks, and you get out into the ship. But with the Corvette class, what you're talking about in Star Citizen, they're called capital ships. Oh, okay. So those ships, it's not that class. The Retaliator that we have, the bomber, the Hitchens, is um, much smaller. It's actually much smaller than than the flagship, than the Sagan. Not too small, but it's uh, it's about I think 60 meters. The Sagan is like 140. Wow. Yeah, the Sagan is massive. Wow. It is truly the flagship of the Federation. <laughs> and now you said you can get out of your ship. Can you tour through the inside of the whole ship, like with your character? Yes. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, it's so silly. And what's crazy is they've built the game for VR. So, you know, VR is going to be huge next year. So you can literally be on the ship in an Oculus Rift, look around in full scale and actually see be on the ship. When you're on the bridge of the ship, looking out the window of the ship and your pilot helm, your helmsman is making those turns. You get nauseous if he's a shitty pilot. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, that's real. And I love that. It's like, wait. You need it's gonna affect me in real life. This game is so immersive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's that's both good and bad because I mean I've seen shitty pilots in almost every fucking game that there's the a pilotable vehicle around. So you're gonna have a bunch of kids at home with Oculus rifts on me like Mom <laughs> Mom <laughs> Well uh, luckily the chief helmsman of the, the Sagan, uh Lieutenant Commander Dabby Dreads is not a shitty pilot by any means. Okay. I mean I've seen him wreck so much anus and rectum on uh on, on a, a Battlefield four as a pilot on there, dog. I mean, look, I'm not saying the mechanics are gonna be completely the same, but Battlefield is as good as you're gonna get when it comes I mean unless you're talking about armor, but you know, as far as when you're talking about yeah. uh combat mechanics when it pertains to dog fighting and, and, and helicopter piloting. And stuff it's like pretty that. specialized on a yeah. game like that. The people yeah. that can do it really well. And he's exceptional as a pilot in that game. So. Yeah. Just up here in another stew. 
Since we're on the topic of games, I'm curious. Have you played any of that Star Wars Battlefront? Uh, I've watched more of it than I've played it, but that game is magnificent. And let me just start off by saying, I am not a Star Wars fan by any <laughs> means. I am a Trekkie through and through. I recognize the old rivalry. The beef is still on. However, God <laughs> damn, that game is amazing. And you know what the real thing about that game I, I, I think people overlook? The sound. The sound of that game. The game sounds so... It's, it, it's the best sounding thing I think I've ever heard from Star Wars, ever. Yeah. It sounds, yeah. Well, I, I played the beta on uh, Canadian Thanksgiving. They had it for free for a day. I remember. I played for five or six hours, and I was really disappointed with it. Really? Yeah. Once, oh, you, get past, once you get past the beautiful visuals and sound and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. the actual gameplay... Oh, the mechanics is, of it? Yeah. It's just... If, if you like Battlefield, you're going to really dislike this game. <laughs> See, yeah, I wouldn't play anything other than Battlefield when it came to that, because I know that the mechanics of Battlefield complement my experience as a veteran. Uh, Battlefield won't ever, I'm sorry, Battlefront won't ever complement my skills as a veteran. Like they won't, my my experience as a veteran basically have no use in the Battlefront universe. At least with, uh, you know, Battlefield, some of that stuff translates over. I know some of it's a video game, obviously, but a lot of the stuff, the way that I command my squad in uh, Battlefield is the way that, you know, squad leaders and platoon and company commanders usually dictate orders to their uh, companies and their squads. So I feel like I, that's why I wouldn't play a game like Battlefront. That's not to take away from, you know, it, its enjoyability, because I actually look at it as a very enjoyable game. But then again, I don't play it, right? I watch it. My roommates yeah. play it, you know, all the time and stuff. And I'm always sitting there just chiefing and watching and play as I between, you know, recording and all that type of stuff. But if I was to actually sit down and play it, I'm sure I wouldn't take too kindly to the fact that I think it's got like auto aim and like uh, the, the flight mechanics are real, like, um strict like you can't really fly it's not in a real 3d flight or something like that but i don't really play it like this so i couldn't really explain it so yeah I, pl- I finally played it for the first time over at a friend's house so i'm a little bit in the middle mm-hmm. there i i enjoyed it because i'm really good at it well for the first while too <laughs> it's, it, you're in the star wars world for a while yeah so for a while no matter what you think of the game you're gonna enjoy it for the first right while. you're drinking the kool-aid of the star wars universe if you're a star yeah. wars fan it'd be like if it was star trek for me i could probably have gotten at least two days out of it yeah, well, but, see, but here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Remember uh, Star Trek? What was that? Star Trek, uh, the one on Xbox 360. Don't know. Never owned one. Yeah. Well, one of the Star Trek games that they thought were gonna it was gonna be much better. I think it was Star Trek Galaxy or something like that. Okay, I and, didn't play it. Yeah, it was. I was so excited about that game, and when I played it, I was. I remember being so disappointed, but I was forcing myself to enjoy it. I think it's something like the invested, uh, the invested time fallacy or something like that, where it's like because you feel like you've invested yeah. so much time in something that it has to be better than you think it is, and it's like no, this fucking sucks, dog. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and I love Star Trek. I love Trek. I love Trek through and through. But that game was terrible. It was awful, and it was bad, and it was bad for no reason. It didn't have to be that yeah. bad. Paramount, you dropped the ball again on Star Trek, and now Star Wars fans <laughs> have one more thing they can say that is, is better than Star Trek. But anyway, I digress. I'd say maybe one in five Star Trek games are worth your time one in five what's the good star trek what's the good star trek (laughs) it depends on what you like um i way back in the day they made birth of the federation that was like way back like 99 um and it's a strategy game i loved it for what it was uh some people liked armada for a real-time strategy thing again that was like in 2000 or something like that yeah so there's some stuff that people liked i think the last one i heard praise for was uh was it um was it Voyager? Had a shooter that came out for it years ago? No, I don't know. I never played it. Uh, yeah, I, I personally, like, I have to take it really far back. I loved Starfleet Academy. 
Okay. Um, for the PC back when I think like 286 was the fastest thing running. Yeah. So I, I love that game. And the only way to beat the Kobayashi Maru was to use God, like God mode cheat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that was, that was a good but game. But yeah, they, they've had a terrible record with that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you tried it. I tried the Star Trek online. Did you try that? Um, for a second, I downloaded that when it first came out, and I was was very unimpressed with that. Um, yeah. but then again, I only played it for a little bit. I'm, if it got better, then I'm I'm unaware. But it could never be. I could. The problem is now I've been exposed to Star Citizen, so right. whatever Star Trek Online is, it could never be that. The fact and that it, I even say that about anything Star Trek is mind boggling. <laughs> well, see now this is what they should be doing. Uh, whoever holds the uh, the power over the Star Trek games that are going to be coming out is they should be looking down the road at the next thing, right? Instead of looking at Star Citizen, this is kind of their tra- their tradition. They're going to be looking at Star Citizen and stuff like that, and they're going to make a crappy version of that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, look down the road. What's the next thing coming? Put Star Trek there first. Star, Star, Star Citizen reskinned into Star Trek, you know. Oh, yeah, it's totally original. Well, <laughs> and, and this is where I think, this is why Paramount should sometimes be more flexible with that license, because if they had... You could license Star Trek shit in that game. Chris Roberts oh, yeah. would have no problem with that if you came to him as Paramount. But like, hey, look, we don't want much. Obviously, we just you know want us to cut us in on a little bit, you know, on your profits or whatever, because you're using some of our license to get over. But in that, it's like we're gonna allow you to use you know everything except for you know crazy wild you know off canon stuff. And you know, basically, you can use our ships. You can use our type of you know stuff, and and have a uh, some type of thing where you can download official licensed stuff from Star Trek in that game. But because they're so sensitive about their licensing, and they're so sensitive about the the, the what the owning the rights to Star Trek, they'll never do that. Right. Plus, they'll probably be more concerned about their Star Trek Online and whether it'll compete or whatever. I I, I tried playing the Star Trek Online, and I found glitches with it. Uh, I had to continually, like, there. it would make me have to restart missions in order for me to be able to complete some of them. Some of them allowed me to do things before that was supposed to happen in the mission, and it would glitch the whole mission out. And uh, finally, the worst part is that it clogged up my max RAM. I, I turned it on the next day, and that was the only thing I had been running. And it just had a black screen. I had to take it into the shop to get them to clear out the RAM, and then I just took I took Steam right off of my, my Mac. I just use it on the regular computer now. Well, I mean, you're talking about it just being buggy as a game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, well let me just say that because I know there's some someone on you're listening, you know, out there screaming and saying, well, what about Star Citizen? Star Citizen is buggy as hell. And you're right. Star Citizen is very, very buggy right now. It crashes all the time. But guess what? Star Citizen is an alpha. That is not a released game. Yeah. It is still being developed. In fact, the fact that they allowed the fans who invested in the development of the game to help test the game is a testament to how transparent their business model and that their development model is. Yeah. But that is not the same as putting out a game that ultimately is finished, you buy it, and then it's a buggy, shitty parody of what you think a game's supposed to be. So anything for me, EA. <laughs> like, honestly. That was a very, very nice EA shot. I've got it. Yeah. <laughs> EA, it's in the expansion. Yeah, well, um, EA, you know, uh, Star Citizen, Chris Roberts, they take a shot at EA as well. You know, EA... Uh, screwed chris over some years ago back and he put him in the game as uh, electronic access a bank- <laughs> a, a, a bankrupt old gaming like platform yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like it's in, in that universe ea failed and chris became rsi it's crazy yeah. hey when That's you create great. your own universe you can do that type of stuff you can rewrite history yeah well ea ea is pretty much well had its dirty fucking hands on every game that i've ever looked forward to and ruined it 
which is why I'm really hesitant to go out and buy Battlefront, even though I enjoyed my first play of it, because I'm worried, like like uh, Dragonbeard said, that I'm going to play it for about six hours and then realize that once you peel away the Star, the, the Star Wars yeah. skin, that it's just a really shallow game. But, I mean, Maxis um, made some great games when I was growing up, you know, the Sim, Sim City, and when they started putting out the trailers for Spore, this was a game that I had been waiting for. Like, I'd always wanted a game where you could evolve all the way from single-celled organism all the way up to a galactic ruling entity. And I remember playing it for the first time after all these years of waiting to play it, and, and I had to trick myself. Oh, okay, cell stage was a little was a little shallow. Don't worry. The, the creature stage will be better. When the creature stage is really shallow, <laughs> don't worry. Tribal stage will be better. And then keep going up and up and up and up and up and up. And I'll finally get to the galactic stage, and I'm like, okay, this is better to be good. And it just wasn't. It was the worst game <laughs> ever. Yeah, it wasn't a good game. No. <laughs> so you might have to ask you. What's up? Uh, I'd like. To, I'm just curious about um, your your views as a as a skeptic and being an atheist and your career uh, as a solo artist. Mm-hmm. Um, did they? Uh, what kind of overlap is there? Which came first, and and which affected the other? You know, how how what's the relationship there? Um, wow, the, the, this is a chicken in the egg question. Yeah. If you're asking which came first, I guess the skeptic in me would argue that the, the technically correct answer would be I was an atheist first. I was a skeptic first because I was taught about religion when I was intellectually defenseless by adults who took advantage of that. One second. Yep. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but if we're talking about, you know, in, in just the common era of my life, um, I, I was a musician before I started to question the religion that I was taught, you know, when I was a child. So I was, you know, making music when I was, I don't know, six, seven, eight, nine years old. I was playing the piano, composing stuff on the piano. And um, I didn't start writing lyrics or anything till I was uh, 17, 18 years old. I started writing raps. I actually started writing rhymes. And then um, I, I started really getting serious about uh, hip hop when I was about 25. I, I started to think about what I was rapping about and if I was going to because I had this experience where I was basically told by someone that my music was not interesting enough to be popular. <laughs> and oh. yeah. And because of that experience, it allowed me to change my it allowed me to change my trajectory uh, as it pertained to, to my creative um, motivation. So I was yeah. I, I, I had no desire to be creative. Uh, the same way as I was. And that was because, you know, I had this meeting where, you know, this producer, I sat in this producer studio and he basically listened to my music in front of me and told me that, you know, I was never going to make it. And so um, obviously I had, I was always an an inquisitive person. I was always an inquisitive mind, even as a child. I had a lot of questions about a lot of things, but because of the fact that I was indoctrinated with religion, there was always that, um, underlying aspect of belief that was kind of uh, burned into my mind at such a young right. age. Yep. Um, when I went to the military, when I was in Iraq that whole time, I was still a believer. You know, I, I didn't know any better, really. <clears throat> I didn't think I didn't I had no because, you know, I wasn't even, the, you know, people who have this idea that because the Internet is so prevalent today, that the Internet was always like that. Yeah, and it was and not. They don't remember when the internet <laughs> was very scarce and like not everybody had the internet. And so um, even as a pretty, I'm not going to say educated, but I was I was pretty smart for my peer group. Uh, you know, I, I never really had access to information that would make me question 
something of that magnitude that early on. Um, so as I got older, um, after I got out of the military, started going to school, um, I was in sound engineering school when I had this girlfriend and uh, we had this big argument about religion and whatnot. And that led me into, you know, the whole rapping about religion and that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, the, the Graydon Square name change was kind of a coincidental uh, at the same time as that particular change as I was going through my deconversion from Christianity to atheism, I had the also double whammy of deciding that I wanted to change my rap name and rap direction and persona from Apocalypse to Graydon Square. And I felt like, you know, Apocalypse had a very dark connotation. It, it painted a certain picture. If you if you said the name, it almost like you knew what I would sound like. And okay, I, didn't, yeah. I, I didn't want that. It set so, things in people's minds before oh, yeah. you got a chance to make the oh, impression. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, if I said Graydon Square, you're like, who? What? What is that? That sounds like <laughs> something that I kind of would be interested yeah. in knowing more about. And so, yeah, tell me more. Tell me more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that was, uh, I don't know if I answered your question directly, but I, I, I hope I did. <laughs> Mind on my path. Life's going to test me. Got to keep my focus. Grind isn't sexy, but I want to last. Reminds me of a different time, don't it? Glimpse of right just to notice the wrong. Bishops notice the pawns, open for harm. Oblivious, choking the songs, token and calmed, roaming the farm. Typical cattle ranch conditions, fed a simple diet of wishes and contradictions. A lot of traditions, you hold on to them like they worth something. Showing your faith only because you have to, like a work function. Fear of being shunned and ostracized, tossed aside, just because you know all of the prophetized. Fraud and lies, the makeup of the savior trap. Staying raised the facts, and you wonder how you prayed to that. They stole your mind, we can help you take it back. Leaving the way to on your favorite tracks. Mind on my path, life's gonna test me. Gotta keep my focus, grind isn't sexy, but I wanna last. Reminds me of a different time, don't it? And watch your complexity shift upwards Everything we process now has to make us better While tethered to a set of beliefs that we aim to sever We just came to measure the deepest pains and pleasures See a strange reef, a strain, rearrange perspective Yeah, well, and, and what kind of reception have you gotten Both from, you know, basically from non-believers And people in what we call the community Like atheist or skeptic community Oh, man Well, I don't know, that's a pretty complicated question Because you know, we're going to have to get really, really real for a second if we want to answer that question. That's uh, fine, man. It's we, it, you can say anything on this show, man. We've already, we're already known as troublemakers. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but I always just want to, you know, let people know ahead of time just because, you know, I don't know who's got what and I don't have yeah. any agenda. If somebody asks me a question, I'm going to just tell them the truth. Right. Um, but you know, in the, in the beginning, I think there was a lukewarm response to what I did in the atheist community. Um, hip hop, just as an expression, is not accepted uh, well in the secular community. Um, it is that is primarily because most of the people who make up the openly atheist community are Caucasian males. 
most white males of that age bracket who made up those openly atheist groups were absolutely opposed to hip hop. They didn't like it. They all thought it was one thing. Even the ones, let's say I changed, I don't know, 25 to 30% of those people. Even the remaining 70% still have that attitude. Misconceptions. Yep. Even with a grade and square, literally fighting their quote unquote cause through a medium and a forum that's not even theirs, there's nothing to do with them, and yet still can't even really get any respect for that. Yeah. Do you feel that's because they don't understand it? They don't understand the, the culture behind it? Or is it just... No, I think they understand the culture quite well, which is that you can't really control hip-hop artists the way you can control other artists. We're not controllable like that. Yeah, you can't be uh, intimidated, shame. Yeah. You can't be... Yeah, you're not going to come up and be like, well, now you're going to do this. Oh, really? No, I'm not going to do anything. And the only way you really, you know, can intimidate, you know, a, a hip hop artist really is if you try to send them to jail. And essentially, that's what happened to me. You know, I got locked up. I got into a fight with uh, one of the people that was in my, I'm not going to say it was my group. I was actually in his group at the time. Um, but, you know, he, you know, came at me in a certain way and got a certain reaction. And I got locked up because, you know, I had to put hands on somebody. And that's the part of hip hop they don't like. They don't like that element of street that we bring. Uh, yeah. to anything it's like yeah it's all fun and games till somebody says the wrong word and then now people feel uncomfortable see the thing is is hip-hop is a place where it will remind you that you're held accountable for the things that come out of your mouth right you can't just say certain things and expect not to get a response you, there are certain words regardless of if you understand why that word is off limits or not it's off limits now say that word and get the response yeah well there's there's an honesty in that is it it's intense but it's honest you don't have to wonder about the response you're getting, whether it's genuine or not. The person yeah. clearly, clearly yeah. feels the way that they're, fe they're feeling. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, the, the, I guess the point I'm kind of making that is a lot of times in, in general society like we're talking about, in the community or whatever, there's all kinds of innuendo, as Hitchens would put it. He never liked innuendo. He liked things to be said straight out. So if someone would say something to him at a debate, he would often stop the debate right there and go, now let's, let's hear what you have to say, because that sounds like you're saying something more than what you're saying. So let's just say it straight out. Right. I agree. And I think it's it's and that's where I, I challenge the atheist community. If you don't like hip hop, just say you don't like hip hop. Just say you don't like rap. You don't like the sound. You don't like the people who do it. You just don't like it. Um, but don't pretend as if you're open minded, as if you're, oh, we're, we're open minded to everything. No, you're not. Because <laughs> we've been because <laughs> my crew, Grand Unified, has been representing through hip hop now for the past six years on the atheist front. And what respect do we get? Yeah. What representation, what representation through the atheist community do we get? The only thing that I ever see is when, when people post anything about hip hop from the atheist community is, ha ha, rap, that rap is crap, rap ain't music, ha ha ha. The same bullshit we've seen this whole time. Yeah. Or so, those, those same assumptions that all hip hop stems from misogyny and, uh, uh oh, or, you know, or, or drug call. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My it, thing is, it, is you can't pretend to be some type of open, skeptical, inquisitive mind when you're just as dumb and bigoted and closed minded as everybody else. The only difference is you don't believe in a sky daddy. Cool. But basically what you're saying is you're just as much of a bigoted, closed minded asshole as anybody else. And I'm not saying you have to listen to any type of misogynistic, you know, who banging, banging on wax type of hip hop. That's not what I'm saying. But don't blanket statement and, and generalize, mass generalize either the way that they do. I don't mass generalize country. I don't mass generalize generalize rock. I don't mass generalize jazz, blues, pop, ED, none of that stuff. Electronic music. I don't know. One, if I don't know one thing from the other in that particular genre, I keep my mouth shut or I speak very limited about what I know. Why? Because I'm uninformed. 
But we yeah. got a lot of people in the atheist community, the secular community, the, the supposed enlightened community who like to talk out of their ass when it comes to hip hop and rap. If you don't know what you're talking about, just shut the fuck up. You don't know anything. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a common misconception that I don't care or something. Nah, that's not it. It's just, I have a different reference point. That's all. Yeah, I wasn't raised, I was watched. My frame of reference is gangs, the pain and the plot. The gamesmanship, the gain and the loss. Plus the indoctrination that came with the cost. He wasn't raised, he was watched. Another unwanted bane, Elaine didn't want. He was insane from the jump. Questioned all and came from the front. Shot to fame, burdened with a toxic shame. I actually thought my only worth was to cock a name. Old scars, relics of the old guard. And you wonder why this group home kids heart is so hard? No father or mom, a hoshes of song, locked in a bond of conflict and harm. I'm from the home of the way you from culture Where animals run in packs while some come in vulture You think they're raging hell I see a bunch of unwanted kids trying to raise themselves One flight away from bail Trying not to become a statistic Running from love Stuck with people hooked on punishing drugs Summons Memories you unlock in your moral dungeon Physically you'll find me with shots of the normal function Risking I'm trying to cope with the loss of my family history Yo, fuck my biological parents to shake the misery And paint that vividly I wasn't raised I was watched. My frame of reference is gangs, the pain and the pot. The gamesmanship, the gain and the loss. Plus the indoctrination that came with the cost. He wasn't raised, he was watched. Another unwanted bane, Elaine didn't want. He was insane from the jump, who questioned all and came from the front. I'm known to speak up for the silent few, rising to heights beyond brutal fights and child abuse, dealing with cops at war with the civilians. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you're not going to get that. I mean, I would love it if that were the way the world worked, but you'll find that any number of people will open but, their mouth when they're... But it's, <laughs> yeah, I it's extra it. disappointing because these people always talk about rationality and like he's exactly. not skeptical. Exactly. But anyone, <laughs> anyone, anyone can listen to Hitchens. And any, like, I'll just use this. Anyone can listen to a Hitchens argument or a debate between Richard Dawkins and Deepak Chopra or whatever, and think that they have a clear understanding of what it is to be a skeptic, but they don't. Did you say Deepak Chopra? Chopra? Yeah. Did yeah. I say that wrong? Yeah. No, well, not the name, just the fact that you mentioned him up and, and that you mentioned him in the same uh, as, as that. Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I think it was either him and Hitchens that had a debate or him and Dawkins that had a debate. Oh, you're talking about them having a debate. Yeah, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was him and oh, Dawkins. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I thought yeah. she was just mentioning bringing him up. As we we was... thought your mind had gone quantum. No, God, no. <laughs> Deepak no. Chokra? Oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but like, I mean, I, I see it a lot in, in almost any community, though, where you'll have the, the inner group, the core group, who kind of understand the message and understand the, the, the philosophy that informs that message, and they have the knowledge to, to build on that. And then you have the outliers. And the outliers are the ones that kind of support and uplift that core group, but a lot of them really don't understand what it is they're talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. they lend weight by numbers to the arguments, but they're, they're, well, they're no better than people bowing in a church. Yeah, it, it's, it's like, Graydon touched on this, and I've been having this discussion on and off with more intensity over the last two years. Uh, it's really become uh, an issue with the hubris of thinking that all these bad behaviors come from religious people. 
That's not, it's, that's not the way this works. Religion is a problem, yes, but human nature binds us all to these tendencies. Groupthink. And that's why I call it hubris. You need to stop and reflect. When someone challenges your opinion on something, that's, that's what skepticism is supposed to be. A challenge comes to something that you think is a fact or is the truth. Mm-hmm. And instead of just knocking it off, like maybe you have the argument at the time, but at some point you should go back and reflect on it. Right. Now, I make assumptions every day, and I have different philosophical stances from you, and I'm, I'm sure from any one of our guests. Like, for instance, I agree, I agree with um, our guest here that uh, there are consequences to saying certain words, and that, you know, some words should be avoided with respect. However, I'm also a person who passionately believes in free speech. And I think if you want to be, if you want to take the risk to say what's on your mind, then you should be allowed to take that risk to say what's on your mind. But you should not be free from consequences. Yeah, you shouldn't expect everyone else to sit there well, in their little bubble. Well, let's let's have a conversation about that because I actually agree with what you're saying, right? Like the, the idea of free speech, um, I do support uh, whole wholeheartedly in respect to society. Mm-hmm. Now let's have a real conversation about where we're about to go with this because this is very very. Um, real. Mm-hmm. Society is this little tiny island in an ocean of nature. Mm-hmm. When we talk about getting reactions and there being consequences, we aren't talking about societal consequences. We're talking about nature consequences, natural consequences. Mm-hmm. That means there are no police in nature. There are no firemen in nature. There are no people you can call to stop the bigger and stronger animal from killing you. Okay. So, yes, absolutely. You have free speech. You can say whatever you want in society, but yeah. nature will hold you accountable for that. And a lot of times it'll hurt you, maybe even yeah. kill you. Right. Um, I'm, I'm trying to make sure that I fully understand the, the gravity of what you're saying. You know, for, for instance, there, there are some pretty nasty people in the world. You know, I'll, I'll take, a, take a stab in the dark and say anyone from Westboro Baptist Church, you know, they say some horrible, horrible things, and they protest in horrible, horrible ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they deserve every ounce of hate they get, mm-hmm. but I also think that they have every right to say what they do. I do, too. I do, yeah. too. And, and, and let me frame that further by saying, as long as you're in the borders of America in the United States, you should have that protection. Mm-hmm. Now, outside of those borders, let's say Westboro Baptist Church takes a field trip to, uh, <laughs> I don't know, let's say uh, Egypt. <laughs> or, or let's say um, Brazil or, you know, let's just pick a random dangerous spot in, Ameri- in the <laughs> world and let's say, hey, Westboro Baptist Church, let's both go there. The people who agree with you and the people who disagree with you. Now say that same stuff outside of the borders of <laughs> America. <laughs> come to international point. waters. <laughs> yes, come into international waters and say what you just said about those soldiers. Yeah. Well, if they went there and tried to, to protest in any way, say in uh, Saudi Arabia, the ones who came back without their heads lopped off. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or, or, or anywhere where you don't have the protection of the Bill of Rights. Yeah. And I completely agree with the Bill of Rights and the First Amendment and, you know, having free speech and all of that while you're in this country. Just like if I'm in somebody else's house, I don't start telling them how they should run their house. Look, I'm also I'm look, I'm not going to let you do no harm to somebody while I'm in your presence. But if that means I must leave your presence because the people who are letting you do harm to them are allowing you to do that, then I must leave your presence. I'm not going to you know, get myself involved in something in your house. Right. While in this house, this mutual house we call America, there are rules, right? And and the, one of those rules says, I can say what I want and I have legal protection to do so. All I'm simply saying is, please recognize that that is a thin layer of something that we've all agreed to on the surface. But right. nature has no part in that agreement. 
And when you start driving at the nature of the animal, the nature of man, then you start getting outside of the confines and the boundaries of society into those 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 treacherous waters of nature. And because of that, there are consequences that nature has to offer that society simply doesn't have. Society's not going to kill you for saying the wrong thing. Yeah, society's <laughs> rules don't always reflect the reality of the moment. Exactly. However, um, let, let me ask you this. Um, so right now, it, even in the atheist community, and a lot of communities actually, there's a real big push by people who are pejoratively known as social justice warriors. And they are trying, in, in at least in my eyes, to change the narrative and oppress the, the rights of people to speak how they wish to speak, even in pretty innocuous ways. Control the narrative. Yeah. Uh, and, and you're, talking about, you're talking about offense culture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, my, my question to you is, do you think that that's one of these natural consequences that larger groups will band together to try and force... Uh, individuals to conform to a particular set of group rules, or do you think that this is something that is grossly artificial and should be fought against? Mm. I would, I would, I would come at it from another angle. I think this is a, another consequence of the comforts that society provides, and that's why you don't see a lot of resistance when people are infringing on people's social liberties. For instance. I always argued when, when the thing came out about Edward Snowden and the spying and all that type of stuff, that was like basically the biggest news that wasn't a war since Watergate. Yeah. Like yeah. since that didn't involve somebody getting killed since like like J, the whole JFK thing. I mean, this is name a bigger story, name bigger news than finding out that the American government, not just the American government, but in conjunction with other world governments is literally spying on the entire populace of the globe. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, the next one that'll come is if, if Trump gets in and he starts making camps for uh, Muslim Americans. Uh, Trump's but... not getting in. Uh, there's, only like, there's like literally 25% of the people who are going to vote for Trump. <laughs> he's, a circus, he's a circus act. That's why everyone loves him. Like, the, like numerically, it just doesn't work. Yeah. There's not enough people who think like that. But they could have said the same thing about George W. Bush. <laughs> no, but you're talking about coming off of, but you're still coming coming off the 90s, right? Like you're still talking about a time where it looked like him and Al Gore were equal choices at a, at a time where that looks like that. Yeah. I don't actually think he's going to get in. I'm just having a laugh at his experience. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for answering my question. I was just curious about that. Oh, no, no problem. I'm, I'm sure yeah. you'll, you'll get some, some messages and email about what I said. Uh, there's a lot of people who don't agree. <laughs> but let me let me answer your other question that you did ask, because I did not answer that, which is, um, you know, the whole push in that direction. Um, I think it's a consequence of the comforts of society that we have that, you know, when we had the news that came out about the, the protesting, I thought people would be in the streets again. I thought it would be another situation where, you know, people would literally be out in the streets protesting because it's like, look, we literally have no privacy in the very things that we pay for. Yeah. And so in the in the government that taxes us that we basically can't say, hey, I don't want to be taxed unless some, certain laws change, you know, and, and basically you not having any say in that whatsoever. I thought people would be far more angry. And you know what? People just shrugged their shoulders and re went right back to work. Yep. And it, it, it put something in my mind. It let me know something. It's, it, it let me know that society has this thing where it, it doesn't if you're trying to make change, you can't do it if you have something to lose. Because the people you're trying to make the change against, they're always going to attack what you have to lose. So if you are upset about the, the current government pro, government situation and you want to protest, you better not have a job you care about. Yeah, sensitive. Well, no, it's it, well, because you can't protest in an effective way when you have to go to work. Sure, you can. Well, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can get off work, you know, 
get a backpack or whatever, go down to the protest site, scream and holler for maybe what, four or five hours. Then you realize, okay, I got to get home, eat something, get ready to make <laughs> enough money to sustain this lifestyle of protest. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to afford to even protest the government I'm trying to, to change. So things like a job, things like kids, things like other obligations. When you have all of these things in your life, other other anchors, they know that. And they know, look, they out there screaming, but shit, it's eight o'clock. Give it till ten. They're gonna go home and tuck their kids in the book. <laughs> See, I like when you when you break stuff down, I hear you talking about different things. How you, you bring it into the real world. Like a lot of people don't do that. You know, they don't think about these things. They just think, well, they have it in their head. Um, about the idea of protesting if the government does such and such, but you're not thinking about any of these consequences of, like you say, taking care of your kids. So when are you going to eat? How about when you go to work? Are you married? How are you going to work that out? Which yeah. are you going to be protesting when? Absolutely. And I just think <laughs> that that level of or that method of protest is a bit obsolete. In my personal opinion, I know people still do it, but I think that way of protest is obsolete and has never truly been that effective if you look at it. But, you know, it makes for a great newsreel, honestly. Like, I mean, that's about it, though. And it does create solidarity among the populace. Uh, yeah. But that's short-lived. If people don't act on that, if you look at the uh, Arab Spring, you know, there was a missed opportunity for someone to act and take a leadership role and, and um, really become a new face of that region, you know? Yeah. And so it kind of sunk into what it sunk into. The Arab Spring became this kind of nightmare situation for a lot of different places because there was no one to stand up and be like, hey, I'll speak for the people and the people stand behind me. Obviously, you can't unite all these smaller different families and factions and religious factions and all that type of stuff in a month when they've been fighting for 3,000, 4,000 years. But, you know. But yeah, strong voices with solid arguments that help people focus themselves onto some core important issues. Yeah. But but to, to wrap up, I think, you know, what what you were asking before, I, I personally feel like the, the, the social justice aspect angle of of um, atheism. Um, and this goes all the way back to that elevator gate thing. That was like yeah. the first the first thing for me. And then um, right after the elevator gate, gate thing happened, I got swept into something that was like a consequence of that. Like I didn't have anything to really do with the elevator gate thing. Right. That didn't have anything to do with me. But it was. After that incident, you know, somebody had said something to me about me saying something about raping some tacos. And they were like, oh, you're you're misogynist. You're the reason why no one wants women don't want to come to, to secular events. And I'm like, wait, hold up. I, I made a joke about tacos. Like I made, <laughs> I made a sexual innuendo joke about like, obviously, people like, well, rape is never funny. It's like, would you like it if and it's like, OK, well, I personally don't need and or want anything that has to do with that type of um, policing of of, yeah. of of thought or expression or anything like that. If you feel like what I'm doing is offensive, you know, whatever, don't mess with me. Like, don't buy my music or anything. You don't have to mess with me. Like, I'm a very, I'm a very small time dude, right? Like, I got, you know, my fans and I got my music and stuff and I do my own little thing. I don't, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I don't want very much, right? I just want to make my music and do my numbers and, 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 and have space simulated fantasies with all my fans. So if you want to sit up and, and, and police the fact that I'm saying, oh, he used the R word in reference to food, like, oh, okay, well, cool. I don't have to deal with you guys. If you don't want to meet, you, you don't want to, to, to see me in that way. Cool. I don't, I don't ever have to really deal with you guys, but don't expect you to shut me up or don't, don't expect to, don't expect to have the power to ever shut me up. And I think that's where I started to see that it wasn't a community that I wanted to really be a part of. And then I had the, the whole other incident, you know, uh, that that fight incident I told you guys about earlier, yeah. um, you know, that, that the community really didn't take too kindly of. But 
um, as far as with the the, the feminist slant um, to the um, to the community now, yeah, I've noticed that, and that's one of the main reasons why I don't come around like that no more because I don't have anything to really do with that. I don't call myself a feminist. I'm not a self-proclaimed feminist. You know, that's not my lane. Well, so, then clearly you're an evil person. I'm, I'm terrible. <laughs> no, listen, um, I'm horrible. You don't even understand. I'm a savage. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not a feminist for the record. <laughs> oh, where are you? You, you savage. I know. <laughs> next I, you'll, ne I apologize ne for rape every day. <laughs> next, you'll be talking about how you're a man. Um, today is my wife's birthday. Uh, if she's asleep when I go home, I do plan to enter her without her consent. <laughs> <laughs> For the record, for the, for the record, I would have I would have laughed at that joke, but I, I had a bowl, I had a mouthful of marijuana smoke. So, I'm just saying. Torn still with the sword and shield, the morbid thrills, known for killing lords with a quarter skill. I'm going ill. Fuck Caitlyn Jenner, that award belonged to Lauren Hill. I slay beginners, even though hip hop's on this blue pill shit. Dude still spits, slay a king in the open and fools nil quick. Fuck a law and his righteousness, I can never serve him. If heaven consists of members of ISIS fucking virgins, but I'm another person, religion of peace. You lying through your turban. Vividly, the shit I speak will make a feminist cringe. Him and his friends remind him that this isn't pretend. Listen, good, I've had it with this first world victimhood offense culture. Same plank to walk, different wood. Dare need a favor. Aryan invaders, I'll ask if you carry in papers. Married to bankers, calling you to celebrate a lazy creator. Then damn you for not accepting the savior. Soaring for glory, ever wrecking your shitty origin story. It's boring to corny. I spend the sermons normally yawning. Last mission, a mass wisdom. Now it's spitting it in a way to break the slave and a black Christian. I can't peek. My lyrics, they leak anions. I fill graveyards with the Hindu and Greek pantheon. Don't climb a steady rising higher. Monkey still want a messiah. Even if it comes in the form of a professional liar. The art of deception admired by the masses. Watch them cheer and go defend the flippers planted in the asses. All y'all scared to smash it. Comfort and captivity. The clergy got them faded. They cadence becomes a symphony. Spewing the models mutiny. A bullshit veteran. Sing alongs and pray about freedom. That you will never get So what's the latest outrage? Tell me who you angry with Post another Twitter status Only venom you will spit That's probably why I'm number shit Cause everything about you weak From politics to music You rockin' Even the words you speak I'm supposed to buy into that shit That you spout When you think she heard us From Bible days And figured this out Man fuck that Fall back I'm done coddling all your nonsense You're like a critical thinking And little slave complex With all the pains you talk I'm jaded by the offense Your people need to listen more Before you cry and talk less When people lie in coffins You're lashing at that comedians Devoting all that time and your resources defeating them. Well, real rapists and killers, racists and villains in place to your building, but ain't the ones you changing your feelings. That's great. So channel energy on actual threats. You say the great and raping tacos was an act of regret. Let's ask the taco if it's possible that he can repent. Ignore the context of the statement so that we can be next. To wave the flag for your agenda, please believe the intent. It's just irrelevant. We need them all the people to death. My nigga, please, you're only feeding the lies, bearing deceit. Like it's a weapon of destruction, only blinding the weak. No denying it's a cruel war that we're fighting a beast, but if our skin is not a thicker gauge, your body's in feast. Yeah. In 2016, it's a plea to the populace. Please be less uninformed or be less obvious. These followers would rather force religion into politics. Live in the words of liar salesmen and forge scholarship. Send me to Hell's Gates, I'm sick of your stalemate. Without a warranty, when you try to sell me a failsafe. Make a sense of the world without the Son of God from Mary. Contrary to popular Tom and Jerry Christian commentary. 
And the chance of me staying silent as likely as finding Cat Williams in a science class. Research banned in every church you ever ran in. Behind closed doors, closed minds, closed cannons. Skeptic with the hand in his pockets. Here studying topics that would have made a jealous man of a prophet with the flow. As dirty as any industry unregulated. Here they'd rather celebrate the uneducated. So I'm privileged. Okay, I'll be the black pot. You can be the kettle while you type on your laptop. Talking about privilege, bitch, you hit the jackpot. A first world citizen, king of the have got. So I offend your silly ass, I'm still writing. Bitch, I took the grass from Neil Tyson. I told you I'm a black pot. You're a crap pot and an ascot. The SJW mascot. Your worldview is a cloud of distortion. Always outraged, blow shit out of proportion. You scream loud enough, and now it's important. There's real problems out there, but now we ignore them. So genocide, step aside for the genocide. Get rendered petrified every time I get in line. Mad that I offend you? Great, you can get in line. I shut my fucking mouth, but I might offend a mime. He's cutting down the efficiency of his product over here. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's a waste of money. <laughs> how much how much flack are we get for the marijuana talk or the, the rape joke? <laughs> but see, what's well, happened is, see, like you now, said, it's gone the other way. Now it's gone from a place where it's like we have to condemn hateful, bigoted speech to where it's like, I'm going to police your sense of humor. Right. You know, I always put it back into this context. If you don't like black people, if you don't like Mexicans, if you don't like Asians, if you don't like, if, let's pick a group, a, a, a group, right? If you don't like that particular group, I personally don't think you're a bad person. I don't. I just am simply not going to mess with you. I'm not going to waste any time trying to judge you. I'm not trying to waste any time trying to figure you out. None of that shit. Look, you don't like the people. You don't like people who I am or the people I kick it with. Cool. You go do you. I'm going to go do me. Yeah, I, I see. I've watched some of your videos over the years, mm-hmm. um, where you're t- you're trying to just you know explain some stuff. Mm-hmm. And the one that you had, uh, I think you had a few of them on this, was about the idea that uh, you wanted to focus on your own music, and so that you weren't going to be focusing on women. Mm-hmm. And there's this uh, negative reaction you're getting from people that didn't seem to be able to understand what you, to me, were very simply laying out that this was not that you hate women or you meant ill towards women that you personally were just going to focus on the things that you wanted to do with your life right now. And that wasn't, that well, happened to be women. Well, anytime that you say as a, anytime that you say as a, as a man in this society that you're going to do what you feel like is best for you, people call you selfish. People call you an asshole. People say, you know, you, you should give more. You should be more altruistic. You should make sure that you give every little bit that you have, you know, like, like people, there's this expectation of when you're a, a conscious rapper, right? Like you're not supposed to want to make any money from what you do. Look, if I could make a million dollars writing the same stuff that I write right now, of course I would, right? Like I don't, I don't want to be broke. I don't yeah. want to not have any money. I simply don't want to have to sell out in order to make that millions of dollars. And I personally feel like I have the integrity to say you can't pay me a million dollars to write that song. That's right. me personally, though, right? If I'm not going to judge the other person who 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 doesn't, I'm simply going to write a rap about them. If you're that guy who 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 took the money to write a whack song and I'm saying, yo, these these rappers is whack, I'm talking about you. But that's as far as I'm gonna <laughs> but that's as far as I'm gonna go, right? Yeah, I'm not I'm yeah. not really gonna waste any real time because I'm I'm studying for my fleet, like right? I'm 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 studying my ship. I'm I'm prepping battle plans and and set conditions throughout the ship. I'm not gonna waste any time, any mental space on what you're doing as a creative. That's time I'm taking away from either dedicating dedicating it to my fleet or dedicating it to my creativity. So I I feel like if, if you're a person who doesn't do something that I like or you're a person who doesn't like a group of people, that's cool, whatever. 
I just know that I'm not going to dedicate any time, energy towards you. You're not, I'm not going to be in your presence. You're not going to be in mine. I'll just cut off all contact. You just simply won't exist to me. And if so what's, people, what's the cutoff for that? Sorry. Oh, no, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, what's the cutoff for that? Because I mean, any person has a particular group that they don't associate with. Like me, I will, I, I have individuals who I've met who are feminists, who I actually quite like, but as a, as a group, I don't associate with, with them as a group, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm, I'm just trying to understand where your cutoff is. So you kind of pick out each individual on a case by case basis and say, you don't like these individuals, mm-hmm. so I'm just not going to deal with you, but you don't do it to a whole, uh, a whole group. Correct. I don't think it's that meticulous. I okay. think for me, it is much more, uh, about, Hey, the first thing I want to know about you when you come around me physically is do you smoke? If you don't smoke, I don't care what you talk about. I don't care if you believe in God or not. I don't care if you are a feminist or not. If you don't smoke, but get out of my face. Like, I don't, I don't, <laughs> like, I, like, seriously, like male, female, you know, if you're a child, that's cool. You know, if you're, you got health problems or whatever, you just don't smoke, that's cool. And if you don't smoke, don't be an asshole about people who do smoke. Right. But I, I don't really, and I'm sure there are people out there and, I, and I'm, and this is what we're talking about, right? So we're, we're classifying ourselves, we're sorting ourselves in society because now I'm distinguishing myself as a pot smoker. And then people who are like, well, I don't like pot smokers like that. I would never kick it with Brady. Yeah. I like his music, but I would never hang out with him. And that's cool. That's exactly what I want. I want you to say, I like this and I would never do this. Or I don't like this and I would never do that as well. Yeah. But to, right. to, to know that you have the freedom to say, Instead of saying, well, I'm offended, blah, 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 raw to the heavens. We should just, <laughs> no, just take action. Your action is, I'm not going to be in that person's presence. I'm not going to allow that person to be in mine. Right. Well, this is the whole thing about uh, what you're talking about touches on the prohibition issue. Uh, already for years, I've been saying that this idea of chasing adults about uh, their recreational activities is, and then starting a whole war, like social war on it, that's spending all of this money uh, funding organized crime uh, is, it's, uh, if, if we didn't learn from original prohibition way back with alcohol, like what example do we need? Is, is... Well, one thing I don't think we, we really learned, at least openly in society, is that a lot of those social wars were racially motivated. And not in the sense of, oh, one group just hates another group, and that's why they, they particularly put these politics in place. But it's one more way to sort our society with laws. And it's one more way to pit certain demographics, demographics against other demographics. It's a way to say the minorities do that. The minorities smoke the marijuana. We don't smoke the marijuana. Yeah, which was obviously a very wrong assumption. The white people smoke Sheep. plenty. <laughs> a lot of pot, dog. They do a lot of other drugs, too. But the thing is, is I don't care if you do drugs. I care what you do. Right. So if you do drugs and you're just a guy who sits around, I don't care if you're doing, you know, whatever. Like, obviously, I there's a small percentage of me that cares if you're doing a harmful drug to yourself because I feel like, hey, man, I want to pull you to the side. I'm like, hey, brother, you know, what's going on? You don't have to yeah. do this drug. You know, here's some good weed, right? Here's a good Cosmos series. Watch yeah. this, smoke this, and get back to me. <laughs> You know, but I can't police you. I can't be your 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 parent. So if you're going to do something, I can't be I can't judge that. But now what I can say is, hey, while you were on that particular substance, you did X, Y and Z and X, Y and Z are federal offenses. Doesn't right. matter if you were on something or not. You did X, Y and Z. Yeah. The same way as if you weren't on whatever substance you're talking about and you did X, Y and Z, you'd get locked up for it. Yeah. So that idea of just trying to say, oh, we're going to police you. That, to me, was a, a sign of, of a type of nanny state that we never truly acknowledged, that we're going to tell a grown person who's expected to make life and death decisions what he can 
and can't put into his body, what she can or can't put into her body. If we're going to tell a woman that her body is her own, then why is why is my psychological state not my own? Yeah, a person it should be a person's body is their own. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah, I have a theory. I'm going to run past it really quick. It's terrible. <laughs> I'm just hey, kidding. that was really quick. Yeah, was really quick yeah. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. So my theory on a lot of this really weird behavior we're seeing, a lot of people are grasping for answers. Um, I think it has to do with, like, you're I, I agree with you. I think we have a lot of comfort now. We've had it for a few generations. Um, that We have instincts that are meant for nature to look mm -hmm. for and identify threats. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And now those threats really aren't there, but those instincts are still in gear looking for threats and looking for the problems. Um, do you think that there's anything to that? I, I think there's even more to that than than most people realize. I think that right there, what you talked about, is one of the primary reasons for the dysfunction in gender relations a lot of times. Because I feel like, listen, in, in our species, not in all species, because a lot of people like to cite other species where the female of the species d does the hunting. But in our species, men were on the front lines of nature. The males yeah. were. They were in the most danger. They dealt with the harshness, the harshnesses of nature the most. And because of that, those instincts were honed and um, most used in that particular setting. Now, when you get into society and those skills, it's like a person coming back from deployment. I have all these skills that I use downrange. And now you expect me to work in a mailroom. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm sure I can sort this mail pretty great, but I, I could really tell you where the targets are. I could really tell you where to coordinate that airstrike. I could really tell you um, how to coordinate that that perimeter. Right. But you want me to sort mail. Yeah, that's not going to be an easy uh, transition. Well, for, there might be some people who are just they just happen to have an aptitude that that would be an easy transition. But for most people, that would be a very big kind of lifestyle shock. Right. And now here's the here's the shock that I think a lot of people have to come to terms with. This is a consequence of society. This is one of the things you pay. So if you're not going if you're not willing to pay for that with that, then what you have to do is you have to accept the fact that some people are going to look at you and say, well, hey, if you don't want to accept that, then you can leave the confines of society and go off the grid. And a lot of people do that. Not everybody, obviously, but a lot of people do that. A lot of people say, you know what? I can't deal with a cop being able to come with some paper and say, I can walk into your house and search everything. I can't deal with that. So I'm going to go to a country, to a place where I can I have to take the risk of anybody coming to take my land at any time. If they have a tank or something that I can't defend against with some small arms, then I'm screwed. But that's a <laughs> risk I'm willing to take. Because yeah. I don't like cops that fucking much. Otherwise, you accept it and you make do and you try to, you know, make it as best you can. But those are the re that's the reality of, of the situation. That goes back to what you're saying. Uh, I was also I've been stunned at uh uh, all that information about government spying that came out and how little reaction it got. Uh, I think when we're talking about comfort and people getting kind of complacent. Mm -hmm. um, it seems to me like, especially this generation that's coming up now, doesn't really seem to understand the, the power of taking away someone's privacy. Well, but that's because we have um, minimalized the, 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 the damage of in indoctrination, like the, the damage that indoctrination causes. We act as if indoctrinating people when they're very, very young is something that's okay. Right. We do it yeah. with our kids and we say, it's my kid. I can tell them whatever I want to tell them, especially that black people are this and Mexicans are this and women are this. And then there's an invisible man watching everything you do. <laughs> right. And so this is a, a, a part of, I think, one of the things that we, we don't really acknowledge when we say, okay, well, why do people, why are people so uh, uh, dulled or why are their senses kind of um, dulled or, or, or nullified when it comes to how they perceive 
the things that we look at as being very important. And I think it's because shit, at the end of the day, they've been taught not to care. They've been taught that that's not important. Well, I think part of the other reason for why we've seen such a resurgence in this kind of social justice attitude, um, and, and I was talking to um, a couple people at my school about this, I've already lived through the 90s. You know, I, I, I was there when the PC culture kind of first took its tentative steps to try and speech police and attitude police everybody. And I don't know, maybe I have the wrong of it, but I seem to remember it getting its ass completely handed to it. Like, like resistance. Oh, God, it was just destroyed. And now, 20 odd years later, what we're seeing is these young millennials who are the offspring of that generation that got its ass kicked coming forward with a vengeance. And they're young. They're unattached. They can, they have that time to go out and protest. They have that time to dedicate to social media. And they've been completely flooded with the same radical fervor that you see from like religious radicals from those parents that basically they got beat back so hard and they're yeah. like, you know what? My kids will do it. Right. My kids will do it. So they, they just pushed it into the next <laughs> Or generation. someone else's kids that but they've the gotten problem, their hands But on. the problem with that, though, is the people that they go after have a dependency on the things that they support. So they have leverage. If you are a person who, like, take me, for instance. If that market of people that you're talking about said, great and square, we're not going to buy your record. Think it'll affect me? I have no idea. I don't, I don't know you okay. as well as... Let, let me answer that question. It wouldn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. One bit. If... 90% of those people said that they would not support me openly. I'd get a 20% increase in sales. <laughs> nice. Well, let's, let's hope that that happens. That'd be nice for you. <laughs> well, I, I don't, I don't care. One, I don't care one way or the other, honestly. I mean, they can, they can not like me or they can love me. I just personally feel like I'm not going to allow that particular aspect yeah. of the, the social police squad or the, so, the social witch hunt to affect what I'm doing. Cause right. that ain't got nothing to do with me. You know, I, I feel how I feel about gender relations and I'm sure that some people would think of me cool. Some people think of me an asshole, but look, I don't have no kids and I'm not married. So I'm doing something right. I got, I, I, I got both. And, you know, I would be afraid of anything that would bring any sort of harm to them. But me personally, I mean, if somebody got me kicked out of my school or got me kicked out of a job that I might have in the future, I'm old enough. And I think I'm, I'm, I'm certain enough in my own abilities that I don't think it would destroy my life. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think I could bounce back from that. Whereas if I was 10 or 15 years younger, I might feel like the road ahead is just too hard. I don't know. I think the older you get, the more but, weathered you are against that kind of attack. But there's another element to this, and that is that the people who are doing this, mm -hmm. uh, most of them feel like what they're doing is for the right. Mm -hmm. um, and it, I know there's that, that thing about them kind of being taught to think this way. But one of the things that I say to people, again, this is a, something I've started saying over the last year or whatever, mm -hmm. is that it's not enough to feel like you want to be a good person. You need to think about your actions mm -hmm. and what that what those <laughs> things will mean. You have to use your mind. Mm -hmm. It's not just enough to go, someone to come up to you and go, hey, if you say this, uh, you'll protect this group. You know, you should never let other people say this. Uh, so the natural reaction is, well, I want to be a good person, so I want to fall in line with what you're saying. I'm a good person too. Right, but but, but but I have to interject into that because once yeah, yeah. again, there you have to look at almost real world situations of accountability. I dealt with people on both sides of the spectrum, right? Like I come from you know a very inner city, you know, gang life, urban culture, right? But I've also dealt with kids out here in Arizona who don't know no part of that lifestyle at all. And I've seen kids literally say like, well, why can't I say that? It's a free country. And it's like, yes, it's a free country, but it's also a free world. If you catch my drift, 
You know, I think there are a lot of people out there who don't understand that, yes, we understand that you have the ability to do and say what you want to do and, and all that type of stuff. But we have this idea in our head that it's like, well, I can do what I want. Right. And then don't follow it up with, but I have to be responsible. Well, I think what where you, what you're saying makes sense and where it, it divides, I think, to me, clearly from what we're hearing in the community from these people who want to police is that you're saying that there are real world consequences that don't necessarily reflect what society thinks it should be. You got to be aware of the consequences of what you're saying, what you're doing. I agree. Yeah, just where, wrote a song about that. Where I think that's, yeah. oh, you just wrote a song about it? Yeah, called Society Versus Nature. Nice. Yeah. I'll make a few observations. Just my own. We're on an island of society in an ocean of nature where violence lives with poverty. Hope is their neighbor. See, there's a disconnect. We think this planet owes us something. Actually believing to serve us is its only function. Our attitude towards it is too insane. Fools in pain residing on a target in a shooting range. What happens when we lose these comfortable conveniences and fools can no longer live off the substance of the geniuses? Fuck your vaginas and your penises. Both the hairless apes your frivolous differences are meaningless you speak of danger and don't even know how safe you are acting like a mass extinction cares about what race you are society coddles and lies but what's best nature arrives wearing the disguise of your death we hit the lotto in a universe uniquely hostile while the attempted separation leaves the species hollow the subtle conflicts of the ages are problems we inherited from ancients unforeseen. And when the battle causes anguish, it's all the society versus nature underneath. We love the comforts of community, but still treat the members amongst it brutally. They call for peace. There doesn't have to be this friction. Should we obtain balance, we'll reach the mythic bonnet peak. Grotesque areas where rest becomes where enough is perilous. Nature isn't supposed to be fair or just. You got that confused with society. The lies of piety, old sobriety, the notion you're supposed to hire me. A tree of life in a forest of death. Um, yeah, and so where they take this and they twist it, they get it out, is... Um, they will say, you know, the things that you have to say have consequences. And so they think consequences means if you don't fall in line with what they believe is right and you don't repeat it, then you should be drummed out of the movement. Or you should be taken off of a speaker's uh, engagement or you should be banned. Right. But I can also say if you're too weak to defend yourself, I should be able to take whatever I want. That's a consequence of being weak. Now, who's right? How do you mean? Well, okay. If I say, uh, if I just say, okay, new rule, if you're weaker than me, anything in your pocket is mine right now. <laughs> now, you just said that they had a different opinion, right? They said, if you do something wrong, then, you know, we'll shame you into blah, blah, blah. Okay. So my question is, is who's right? Um, and you asked me for a moral judgment or? No, no, no. It's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a rhetorical question because honestly, the, no one is right. They're, they're, neither one of them have the, the right to say, I'm right. That's the way that it is. Now, the only way you can say, okay, who who's going to be right is if there are no one around and a person is actually going to test that and say, okay, if I'm telling you that everything else in your in your pockets is, is mine and there ain't nobody else around to stop you, what are you going to do? If you're too weak to defend me, then me taking your stuff is a consequence of you being weak, just as the animal who was too slow, the consequence was he got eaten. 
Yeah. That's the natural consequence. So what we're saying is we're making an argument between societal consequences and natural consequences. And sometimes those lines get blurred because we're still beings of nature. All of this stuff still exists in nature. It's like I go back to that quote, island of society, ocean of nature. Right. But I guess more specifically with skeptics, um, the, the issue that I'm talking about there with the, the societal consequences, I don't believe that you can uh, have integrity as a skeptic or a skeptic organization and say that we should debate ideas. But if people don't fall in line with, per se, mainstream feminism, you're not allowed to come to our conference. You're not allowed to speak. You're not allowed to have a say. We're never going to debate these issues. They are codified, even if unofficially. It's the hypocrisy, right? That's not a natural consequence. That is a motivated ideological consequence in reaction to something that someone doesn't like. You know what I mean? Like, like it is a consequence, true, but let's not pretend it just happened in a vacuum. Right. Uh, But, but let's, let's modify what you said by simply saying this. They can't say that and do all that stuff, but they can say that. Because they do it all the time. Yeah. I mean, when's the last time you've heard of a Graden Square invited to those conventions to perform, to speak? You think I have a problem speaking to people? Yeah. Well, you know, I think that would be awesome to hear you speak. There are a number of people I've been building kind of a mental list of a few people I think I would like to hear who are capable of either either doing a debate um, or having a conversation in front of an audience on any topic that they would choose. That would fit in and be excellent. Yeah, I'd, I'd literally have an AMA. I, w- I would I would do it like this. Like people are so formal at those things. One thing I noticed, man, is in the <laughs> atheist community is the personalities are kind of just that personalities. But then, yeah. you know, when you when you kind of kick it with a lot of these people, they aren't real. Like they aren't they aren't people like I would kick it with and smoke with. And if somebody tried to mess with them, I'd defend them. You know what I mean? Like it's these are people that kind of have these faces and these personalities on. And when they when they interact with you, there's a there's a level of of distance there. And I understand some people want to keep you at that distance, but I also notice that. And I'm not like that when I interact with people, especially people who come to see me. If you're not genuine. Yeah. If you're coming to actually sit down and give me two hours of your time, hey, look, sit, fuck these chairs. Let's all sit in a circle. You know what I mean? Like, you know, let's, let's, let's kick it. Let's really get to know each other. I want to know you as a person. You want to know me as a person. I want to ask you a question too. How how is your marriage? Shit. (laughs) You know? (laughs) (laughs) But you know, that just, I was going to say this before. The reason I was asking about how much the game costs is, uh, and I, I talked about it quite a bit with our last guest. I'm still finishing up editing their episode, but, uh, so I won't go into a bunch of it, but I'm going through family court. I have a little girl and, uh, you know, I, I basically have no money now. That's why I ask is <laughs> my money is so tight, um, that they might end up, uh, you can throw me in jail eventually. That's and, that and and I got to talk about that, man. I mean, and, and I'm not trying to go into your situation, but the fact that someone can put you in a cage for not making a payment regarding children, and to think that that's a deterrent, yeah, is one of the most backwards, dumbest things that I have ever heard in my life, ever, yeah. ever. So you're gonna, it just I don't know. And then and then the, the the people on the other side who can easily say, look. I'm the I'm the child's other parent. It don't have to go like that. I don't need you to put him in jail. We can work this out. We're, you know, it, it's society. We're civilized. But nah, now I want you to put him in a cage like he's an animal because he's not doing something society tells him. I'm confused. Yeah. Oh, by yeah. the way, pay these taxes. Don't say a word about them. Oh, by the way, walk this way. Talk this way. Dress this way. And if you don't, you're an outcast and you're a chauvinist and you're an asshole and you're a racist. It's like, nah, dog, I'm not. Nope. Let me just. Let me build GU right under their nose. Let me build the trans-intellectual movement yeah. right under their nose. And, you know, we'll see what happens then. Hey, let's let's talk about trans uh, 
You want to explain for my audience? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But let me answer your question because I didn't. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm bad about that. I'll come back to that. But um, it probably just means really good beat. No, no, no. It, it, it's, <laughs> it's, because I, it's because I try to be very detailed when I'm in, in t- interviews good. and stuff. Yeah. Uh, when you asked how much the game costs, when the game comes out, you could buy the the normal game package or whatnot, I think, for 40 50 bucks like a normal game would cost yeah, yeah um and then it gives you access to the persistent universe and you don't have to have a ship to be in the persistent universe your character can simply say hey gray where are you at i'm like uh i'm in the the, the terran system They're like hey uh, i'm in the soul system can you come scoop me up like yeah nice. we'll swing the ship by bring we'll quantum <laughs> jump or jump point over to the the soul system we'll pick you up and now you can serve as one of our turret gunners or or, or serve at engineering or serve at comms or something yeah, that sounds awesome that's great. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I love cooperative play. Like competition, competition's fun, but it's the actual cooperative part that I really love. And I love cooperative play, play versus other human beings. Like, yeah. I want to know that my squad kicked your squad's ass. Yeah. <laughs> this is why I miss uh, being able to play, like, Battlefield. I played Battlefield 4 for a bit, and I was okay, but I, was, I didn't have the time to dedicate it with school that I did when I played Battlefield 2 Bad Company. And I was like top 500 in that, in that one for a long time. Yeah, did you ever play Battlefield 3? Uh, unfortunately. Yeah. You didn't like that I, one? No, I did. I, you know what? I just, I didn't like, I didn't like it. No, I liked 4 mm-hmm. and I liked uh, Bad Company 2. Interesting. That's the funny. But, the people who don't like, who, who didn't like 3, or the people who didn't like 3 like Bad Company, the people who like Bad Company, the people who like 3 didn't like Bad Company. Yeah, that's what I've noticed too. Yeah. yeah. Well, just like the people who uh, Battlefield 4 don't like Hardline, the people who like Hardline don't like battlefield for i've never played hardline to tell you the truth i uh, like i've had almost no time for gaming in the last two years this uh program has kept me busy yeah you've been really working hard yeah he's gonna be a social worker oh wow yeah <laughs> awesome he's been swimming in a sea of uh female uh peers and a lot of feminism in his textbooks <laughs> uh, all that shit's gonna do is just complicate it complicate everything he's just Keep your head down, increase your value, and you'll be able to do what you want later on. Yeah, head down, I haven't been very good at. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm no, um, yeah. I'm, well, I'm working on it though. There are consequences. <laughs> there are consequences for that too. Yeah, there are. I'm known. I'm known amongst. But, well, there's some good ones that you've actually challenged ideas based on statistics, and I think a lot of your classmates would have basically just swallowed everything they were told and never thought of challenging any ideas. Right, like the one class we were going over uh, domestic violence, and uh, the the teacher quoted um, a couple of statistics, so I quoted back a few of the ones I knew, and she said, "Well, I don't know where you're where you're getting these statistics from," and I'm like, "Well, here, I'll show you," and she's like, "I'm, oh, you know, we don't have time for that," and I'm like, "Well, then why did we open the floor up to discussion?" Yeah. You know, and she goes, I'm not going to argue about it. It's a gendered <laughs> issue. That's all there is to it, period. And I was like, okay. So then I put my phone over to the, the girl on the right of me and I showed her the study that I just pulled up on Google Scholar that directly refuted what she had just said. <laughs> and then, yeah, you know, what do you, what do you do in that instance? I just decided to stay quiet after that because I knew where that conversation was going to go. Yeah. Well, um, I got about uh, 10 minutes um, left. All right. Okay. Thanks for the warning. No, no worries. Okay, so do you want to uh, spend some time talking about uh, trans intellectualism, or do you want to talk oh, yeah. about your album that's coming out, or, or both? Well, well, I could I could do one. I could do both things at the same time. Right. So trans intellectualism is the ideology that we first of all it, it takes into account something called the Kardashev scale. So Nikolai Kardashev was this astrophysicist, and he came up with this the scale for judging the uh, the energy usage of a civilization and rating them on a scale. 
Um, and basically that would denote the, their type of technological advancement. So if you were a type one civilization, you were a, a planetary, a global species, you had, you know, the ability to, you know, some of the technologies might include uh, electronic tube transports that allow you to, you know, go thousands of miles an hour and evacuated tube, um, you know, kind of space travel on Earth sort of thing. You have, yeah. you know, the Internet is supposed to be a type of type one type of communication system, the repository of human knowledge accessible at your fingertips sort of thing. Um, it's supposed to be a global thing. Now, the things that aren't global, obviously, we don't have uh, we're not a global community. We're very much divided in nation state sort of thing. And, um, you know, we are still at, subject to uh, destruction via natural events. You know, a, a type one species basically would, would have the ability to um, stop any type of extinction level event that was planetary uh, based on their advancement uh, and understanding of, of their geological systems and ecolog ecological systems. So that's type one. Then type two, you start talking about uh, a, a civilization that's able to um, col not colonize, but, but basically use the energy of an entire star. Uh, so they're able to mine that type of power, that that energy level, um, and and they they have that type of of energy consumption of, of 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 a star. So we call them a stellar civilization, and that's considered type two. And then type three, you're talking about you know something that's galactic. You know, uh, you, you're you're talking about civilizations that, for all intents and purposes, have some sort of uh, mass interstellar travel or intergalactic capabilities you know full mastery and understanding of, of baryonic systems and uh you know so what i did with my series the cartesian scale was i tried to reset the way that people were was viewing me as an artist because at first you know people looked at me as oh he's the atheist rapper so i started talking about uh technology and, and um, transhumanism which is this idea that you can use science and technology to uh, exceed the limitations of biology and nature right. itself, really. Yeah. Um, and so it was something that I gravitated towards as well. Uh, but where trans intellectualism dif differed was it looked at the scale as a map and trans intellectualism was the catalyst uh, so that, you know, people would understand that we were trying to get to type one from point seven. Right now we rate like something like point seven on the scale and, and people within Grand Unified uh, the trans intellectual community was more about how do we get to type one? How do we get from here to type one in the shortest amount of time? What's preventing us from getting to type one? Yeah. So the trans intellectual is a person who tries to see, you know, where we are in the scale and how to get to the next level. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And the so, album, I'm sorry, to, just to relate that to the album, the album basically uh, was the third level in that particular progression. I did type one, the Cartesian scale, um, type two, the Mandelbrot set, and now type three, Omniverse. Yeah. And that's coming out, uh, from when we're recording it, that's coming out, uh, is it the 21st? Yeah, the 21st. Yeah. So very soon. Yeah, very soon. Nine days, 10 days, actually. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. It's been a, it's been incredible, man. I mean, I've been working on this album for like three and a half years and I'm still got a couple of things I'm recording on it right now. And you know, it's, it's pretty wild. You know? When do we get our free sign copy? <laughs> nah, shoot. Hey, I tell you what, you guys start, you know, hitting up these atheist conventions and start telling those people to, to start asking for us, you know, over here at Grand Unified, I'll start sending out a bunch of free stuff. Because ultimately what happens is, you know, nobody asks for us at these things. It's like people are like, well, how come I didn't see you at the convention? I'm like, how come you didn't ask for me? Yeah, that's right. Well, I was, I was at a convention. This my first convention I went to was in Kitchener, Ontario, just this summer. And uh, I had the guy who founded it. It was the second year they did it. Um. I had him on our, on our show. So when I was there, I was able to talk to him a few times, just friends, right? And at the end of the night, 
uh, I did bring up GU. He was aware of you guys, but I said, look, you know, if, if you really want to have people who can both like bring a presence as far as they're speaking, and they can also put on a dynamic show that's really going to charge your, your, your audience here. GU is what you want to look into. So he was aware of you guys. Okay, cool. Sure. So yeah, yeah if people, know? if anyone listening to this, that's what you do. You yeah. can talk to people about it. That's why I think the, 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 the biggest thing is where we really break through is the participation of the general community asking the, the organizers, why aren't you guys, if you're not going to do it, give us a reason why. If you're saying, oh, Gray had a fight in 2006 and you, you don't want him over here. Okay, cool. Just say that. But don't, don't act like, oh, yeah, we'll consider everything. We'll be all inclusive. We'll make sure we, you know, no, you won't be all inclusive. You want to make sure you get the same people coming through to get the same money coming through. No, that, that's a bullshit reason, though, man. I won't accept that because, I mean, somebody's going to have to tell them if I go to a conference that I raped my wife on December 11, 2015 <laughs> at 8.38 p.m. We'll get you a t-shirt. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Smash Lock's not a troublemaker at all. No. <laughs> yeah, I like troublemakers. Uh, troublemakers are cool. Yeah. But like I said, this conference is pretty small. But uh, as it goes by, I wanted to make sure it was in his mind. You know, each year, is, each year is sure to get a bit bigger. And at some point, uh, I want him to make sure he considers you guys. So you guys have a lot of talent in the GU. Well, I mean, I, I, it would be cool just to even be considered. Like, like I said, I don't. If they're gonna say, if they're gonna reject us for whatever reason, you know, just let us know why. Don't, you know. Um, if I, I like, I don't know the details of what happened. Um, so I'm not gonna take a like a um, like a big stance on it or anything. But whatever happened. Um, I have noticed that there is a lot of black and white kind of mentality when it comes to the issue of violence. I understand we shouldn't be going around causing violence all over the place. You know, I think we all understand that. <laughs> you know, but setting that aside, uh, we had a guest on our show, and I, I'm really glad we had him on there. Um, uh, his name is, uh, he goes by Mr. Deity. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's pretty popular. Well, Mr. Deity. Yeah, we yeah, shared yeah. an elevator at, uh, we shared an elevator at some rally, we, at some convention we were at. Yeah. He, he acted like he didn't know who I was. I was like, you know who I am, Mr. Deity. Stop playing. <laughs> <laughs> people, you know what? People try to front though. You know, they see a six foot four black dude and they try to act like, okay, I get y'all now. I get y'all now. It's all good. I'm going to start making people feel real uncomfortable, including you, Mr. Deity. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I had him on the show, and we actually got along really well uh, about a whole host of, of issues. So I wish I had, I had reached out to him sooner. But he, when uh, it was when those uh, the guy in North Carolina shot three Muslims, mm -hmm. and there was a number of people who reacted this way. But he made a video where he was like, "Anyone who has anything to do with violence, and, and you think that you're an atheist, get the fuck out of the community." That was his attitude, right? Mm -hmm. There was no, it was it was cut and dry. It was over black and white. And I personally am tired of hearing people say get the fuck out of our community. I'm just tired of hearing that. Mm -hmm. So I responded by making a little recording of it on the beginning of one of our shows where I looped together some stuff that made him sound really ridiculous for what he was saying. Mm -hmm. It was pretty brutal. And uh, like I say, I wish I'd kind of reached out to him sooner because I think it came off differently than he intended. <laughs> well, yeah, but, it always does. It, it always does. But I, there's just that quickness to judge. You know, uh, instead of saying there was violence involved, all right, so that person will condemn them. Maybe you should wait because you don't know the details. You don't know what happened. Well, even if you yeah. do know the details and, you, and, and something did happen, like at, at the end of the day, do are you? Is there a level of um, you know uh, remorse and 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 forgiveness and um, right. you know whatever that comes with that? Because if there isn't, cool. You lets me know that shit. A lot of people are better off in the church community. At least there, they talk about forgiveness, however right. it, it fake it is or whatever you want to call it. But at least I know if I make a mistake over there, someone will say, you know what. It's not my place to judge you. God will judge you. 
Now you tell me I'm gonna give more respect to them than you and you're the secular community? Get your shit together, atheist community, because you're losing me. I'm not saying I'm gonna go turn around and be a Christian, but if you're losing me, imagine how many other people you're losing just on some casual shit. Yep, absolutely. I I don't even have a response to that because that was about as perfect as you'd say that. So, <laughs> man, great closing comments. Smash lock is, is speechless. It means, wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. I, you know, anytime you guys want to have me on the show, you know, I'm, I'm definitely down to come back. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop the recording there. Oh wait wait before I no, do, you uh, stop it. can 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 you tell <laughs> can you tell people where to find your work? Where should they look for you? Oh, I appreciate the opportunity to to plug my material. Um, you know, to find me on the internet is not difficult. If you look up Graydon with an E, you know, I see so many people spell my name with an A. It's G R E Y D O N. But if you just look up atheist rapper, I'm usually the top result. If you look up Graydon Square. I'm usually the top result again. So if you just want to find me, you know, whether, you know, you want to buy physical CDs or you want to hit me up on Instagram or Twitter, or Facebook, whatever, just look up Graydon Square. And I literally have any time there's a new social network, I get my name. I make sure I, I get my name. I'm, you know, no one has my name anywhere. Not on Xbox, not on Steam, not on anywhere. There's no no one has Graydon Square. Now, look, there's people right now looking up places to find Graydon Square. You can't do it, can you? See? Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> so, but yeah, you can follow me on Instagram. Uh, that I'm most active on Instagram uh, and and uh, Facebook. Then I'm I'm pretty active on Facebook. Uh, and then I also, you know, I play a lot of video games. Like I'm a huge gamer. I'm huge on Star Citizen, uh, the RSI website. You can just you know follow me as a uh, uh, Graden Square or my call sign is Extrapy. So you can add me as that. But um, nice. Yeah, you can find yeah, me. I'll put, some, I'll put some links in the show notes. As well. sure. Yeah. Oh, oh, one other thing. If you are interested in the game Star Citizen and you want to join a cool federation of secular people who, you know, look, we're not going to beat you over the head with it. We're not going to talk about atheism 24 seven. We just want to play some sci fi, you know, fantasy game and, and you know, set off into the stars. So if you're into that sort of thing, um, you know, look us up as well. The Unified Federation of Astro Entities. So we're going. Thanks. Nice. Awesome. As a rapper, then it's open season. From there, it's easy to fall. Often forgetting you're fortunate, lucky to be breathing at all. This is our method to teach, it's just the sound of them. You know me, my consciousness always stays on the outer rim. Stop trying to make us threats and face your fears. I train with gears that often spit too complex for the layman's ear. I miss the bait sorely, dropping knowledge on the faith that's from the eighth story. But it was fake glory, hollow victories over those who couldn't follow history. So I moved on to top of misery. Avoided flocks and swarms, you'll often find your conscience torn as you try to separate from the non-informed. The industry couldn't account for me. Where other rappers had limits, I exceeded the boundaries. Watch them knock our places, say it's not our space, but we ain't going away. My whole camp stands unified. We ain't gonna kneel, can't surrender, bow, or move aside. They wanna break us up, they want us back at us, cause we ain't going away. Never this, they want the ground we've taken back, and the recompense will resist. Your purpose asunder. While like the King Lizard, I emerge from my slumber. With theories just to test them out See it for what it is Then be left to doubt On the mic I go the extra mile Match graffiti with the freshest style Show these people how the West get down Truce or die, you decide Truthfully you wouldn't survive Any set of grand unified Your foolish pride will leave you in a pool of rhymes For people who enlighten you still trying to fool the mind Nice try, we're not buying You might be high, but you're not flying Stay in your sight lines Fight crime 
recycle at nighttime with like minds, quite blind, trying to lead us all to the promise as we all fall to the comet. Watch him knock our places and smile our space, but we ain't going away. My whole camp stands unified. We ain't gonna kneel, can't surrender, bow, or move aside. They wanna break us up, they want us back at us, cause we ain't going away. Never this, they want the ground we've taken back, and the recompense will resist. Space and time, the responsibility to blaze a rhyme always falls on me because I'm great and prime. My punchlines aren't even fun to people. I start to spit and they look at me like I summoned evil. None are equal, so I run the track like a dean run a cathedral. Ton of weed though, come and see yo. The cosmic array has us locked in a day. Chilling with my people in ocular space, a Negro. Yeah, this planet is a cast world. I'm just another Captain Jack searching for his black pearl. Last girl, I promise. You want commitment and I want sex, let's be honest. And kill the drama. Nothing but science on my mind list. Most don't speak up and keep quiet cause they spineless. Try to define this. I'll seek ideas to falsify like a scientist until I'm 96. Watch them knock our places and it's not our space, but we ain't going away. My whole camp stands unified. We ain't gonna kneel, can't surrender, bow, or oversight. They wanna break us up, they want us back at us cause we ain't going away. Never this, they want the ground we've taken back and the recompense. So cut the shit. Otherwise, I will turn this RV around immediately. And we will drive straight home. No drugs for anyone. <laughs>